Hello, welcome to Vitech Talks, the podcast. I'm Steve Brandt of Vitech, and this is where we discuss the trends and pressing issues, and certainly the important events shaping the group benefits and retirement industries. With the experts, leaders, and yes, even characters that make our industry what it is. This is a fast, fun way to gain insights and opinions on the topics we all care about. And I'm sure it'll be the best 15 minutes you can spend to keep yourself informed. And I promise, entertained. Hello, and welcome to another installation of Vitech Talks, the podcast. Today, we have a great discussion lined up for you. We're talking about the cloud paradigm. We all know what the cloud is, and we're going to get into the massive paradigm shift that the cloud has created across all industries, but specifically today around the insurance industry and the benefits industry where we play mostly. We're joined today by a special guest from AWS, one of the leading cloud providers in the world. I would probably say the leading cloud provider in the world, <laughs> Terry Beekner. Terry is uh, Terry. Say hello, and I'll, then hello. I'll introduce you. All right. Thanks for having me. Excited to be welcome. here. Welcome, welcome, Terry. Um, for those of you who don't know, Terry is the global insurance core system lead at AWS. Terry is a strategic thinker with deep business experience in insurance and healthcare, and a particular interest in applying innovative approaches to old business models. Now, that certainly fits in insurance. Um, and things like pay-by-the-use insurance and on the line, online uh, health services. He's an innovator with a global vision and complementary, complementary language and cultural skills. So that's something I didn't know much. Terry, you speak multiple languages. Yes. Very exciting. Well, welcome again. We're, we're excited to have you here and look forward to learning uh, all about your thoughts about the cloud paradigm. So first question is, what languages do you speak? We'll start there. Uh, well, I speak, um, I'm fluent in Spanish, um, and I speak uh, Italian and Japanese. I spent uh, uh, five years in Japan when I was with uh, IBM. With wow. My family. Yeah. Super, super uh, impressive. I'm actually heading there next week, so I get to uh, practice my very rusty Japanese skills while I'm there. Wow. Excellent. Excellent. I wish I could say something in Japanese, but I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's talk uh, about this uh, this subject that you're you're uh, you're knowledgeable about. You're living in every day, and um, you know the paradigm shift for sure. So, how pervasive is this? And I guess maybe we can back up a little bit from my perspective. You know, I, I've seen in insurance for sure this this paradigm shift uh, take hold uh, pretty dramatically over the past you know seven or eight years, and I would say the past three to five just in a rapid pace that i would never have thought imaginable um you know spending most of my career dealing with very conservative insurance companies who um you know back in 2015 were saying there's no way we let our data go into any other environment than right. our own um right. and today i mean if you don't have a cloud offering you're not in business so talk about that well, I, I, you, you're bringing up a few very interesting points there. I think, Steve, one is, of course, in insurance, naturally, um, and, and in benefits as well, I think that, but insurance in particular, the natural conservatism there, the risk adverseness, it's part, uh, it's baked into the culture. It's, it's, a, it's a natural um, thing for insurance companies to kind of wait and see, ensure that the technology is, is uh, working properly, that other 
others are doing it and and I'll wait for others maybe in some cases to to make some mistakes. I think that in terms of overall cloud adoption, we in financial services generally from an AWS perspective, we really saw um, for ourselves beginning to focus more laser-like on financial services um, as a as a key driver of of growth and need around cloud services and services we would provide for the financial services industry starting about 2015. But to your point, I think that it has really accelerated in uh, in the past few years and, and on our side too, across the board, but both specifically for financial services, um, but across in terms of the services that we provide uh, to the industry, certainly we just had our big event, reInvent, more services announced there, some specific to the financial services industry. Um, so certainly a lot of a lot of growth there. And two, with with partners like Vitech, as, as you mentioned, you, know, you guys, um, and Paul Kelly and I talked about that at the at, at your guys' event in terms of your rapid evolution to the cloud as well. And I think that's an important driver as well. That that core systems like Vitex are recognizing the need for the cloud, recognizing the benefits of it from everything from flexibility of delivery to to upgrade paths uh, and uh, provision of new services, uh, creation of new, uh, uh, being able to go into new areas, and all, all those things. So the you guys uh, and partners like you advancing your capabilities has been an important piece as well. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, right? And and, and we certainly, you know, respond to the demand of the marketplace. So it, it for us, you know, we, we saw these carriers just, you know, take take down the walls and start adopting cloud. Um, for sure, yeah. You know, in, in ways that we, we never even imagined. And I think a lot of it had to do, there was some accelerators. Like, I mean, we went to a period of time there where it seemed like there was a, a breach on, in the news, you know, every week. And that certainly got, you know, some of these CIOs to really accelerate those plans, right? And and then I think to your point, some of the benefits, well, all the benefits that they started to see in that kind of model, you know, started to take hold. And now you, you kind of see this um, snowball effect, if you will, where, you, you know, they're just seeing so much benefit uh, from having their their applications, all of their applications across their enterprises now are just moving up into the cloud at a rapid pace. Um, Absolutely. That's I think a you mentioned fulfilling prophecy, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Now, you mentioned something very key to this, of course, is around security, resilience, reliability. And I think there is a growing recognition. It's been there for a while, and the evidence has been there for a while, but a growing recognition in, in the more conservative uh, insurance world and financial services more widely, too, around the the superior security and reliability available in the cloud. Right. So the ability for a large, uh, for, for a company like AWS that focuses on uh, delivering those services, being able to reinvest at scale. Uh, you know, we have something we call the flywheel, flywheel effect, and that cuts across Amazon overall. You know, our approach is being able to lower prices, be able to invest uh, in those services, be able to listen to customers and, and drive adoption of new services and drive creation of new services, we say. Based on that, uh, ninety percent of what we build is based on direct customer feedback. You know, so building in those capabilities to what, as you just said as well, for Vitek, listening to customers and and creating new services specifically based on that. But our ability to massively invest and reinvest in security and resilience and reliability um, is a huge part of it. Um, yeah, no question. That. Something that you can't do on your own in your own data center, basically. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, I think these CIOs started to realize, and CEOs for for that matter smartly started to realize it to never be able to keep up with you guys, right? Um, in, in, in they, they hadn't been doing a good job. Uh, they certainly knew how to ask the questions around what was a good job, 
uh, but they weren't doing that themselves and they knew it. And, and, and I think that that was, that was a big part of why they feel so comfortable, right? Going up into the cloud because they know it's always going to be a better answer than what they could do themselves. Absolutely. And I think uh, cost is an important factor there yep. too. And uh, in many, uh, in many companies across the board, insurance companies, certainly uh, one of those too, and, and benefits companies start with that proposition. And that is a huge part of it. It's table stakes, the total cost of ownership of, of running core systems and ancillary systems on the cloud is should be if, if well architected lower than running those legacy systems on premises and and beyond that too the the with a modern system like velocity um uh, you can be much more flexible you can be much more agile roll out new products go into new geographies all those kinds of things which is difficult to do at a reasonable price point if you have it on premises today yeah. so both the legacy technology as well as the culture that goes along with that I think is a, is a big barrier to growth for, for uh, insurance companies and, and benefits companies, financial services across the board. And a lot of that is driven from customer expectations from outside of financial services and certainly outside of insurance in terms of ability to uh, change addresses or beneficiaries or uh, add, new, uh, add new protections, all, all those kinds of things. And that cuts across individuals as well as companies, large, small, group benefits, all, all those kinds of things too. They're, the demand for uh, at anywhere, everywhere access to be able to trans, have things done, trans, uh, those transactions be very transparent and easy, uh, be able to talk to a person if you want, when you want, but usually doing so, things online through self-service, all those things yeah. are really driving that adoption too and that flexibility that you can get out of uh, cloud-based services. Yeah, no question. I think that's it's a great point. I mean, in the way you took that from what I think was, you know, a big part of the reason, uh, the cost equation. It, what we've seen, right, is, is, is sure, you, you know, cost is important. It always is. It was when they were buying on prem too, but it, it's the subscription type model. Um, uh, I think is, uh, it, you know, in offloading all of that work that they had to do themselves, right? So cost is one thing, straight line cost. How much was I paying before? How much am I paying now? Is one thing. But what did I have to do myself, right. right? The hiring, the firing, the training, the keeping, the ordering, the installing, all that stuff, right, is now gone. So not only is the cost better, I would argue maybe, maybe it isn't anymore. Who knows? I don't think they focus as much on that anymore. They focus on what they're getting, right? That service, and then all the the, the other things that you just said about how much better um, the software experience is, right? How much better um, the solutions are that are being created because of the cloud. Uh, sure. How much easier they are to use. All those other things start to outweigh, even if it's cost neutral, or even if it's a little bit more expensive uh, than running their data centers before. All those other benefits make up for that. Um, uh, in the cloud, I think, is we're starting to see those business cases play out. Yes, I think that that's, you make a very point, important point there. I think that the, the starting point around cost savings is there, but it's not just a one-to-one -one cost of running my workload on-premises versus lifting and shifting it to the cloud. If that's the limit of what you're looking at, yeah, you can have done well, get some cost savings in there, but in some cases you might see an increase in costs, at least in the short term, as maybe you're running some parallel systems there too. But it's got to be a total cost of ownership conversation or, or right. just thinking around that because there are so many other aspects to it. Some of you, you just brought up, you know, the, I think those those capabilities and 
being more agile, being more resilient. Think about the reputational risk for an insurance company if, if they're, they can't pay claims because the systems are down or, or people can't access their benefits, you know, any, any, any of those aspects. But being able to be more resilient and more reliable is, is a key component of it too. I, to- I, totally, I totally agree. And the horse is out of the barn, right? They're gonna, this is the way that people do business now. And, you know, so get the benefits, you focus on the benefits, focus on, you know, picking the right solutions, working with the right partners and getting and driving the benefits out of the technology as opposed to, you know, the cost of uh, the lift and shift, as you said. No, absolutely. So, so let's talk a little bit about, you know, how pervasive is this now? So, you know, we're, we know what's happening. We know it's pervasive from, from your perspective, you know, how pervasive is, is this in insurance? And you know, how does that compare to other industries that you see out there? So, Steve, to your point, I think that insurance companies have been a little bit behind the adoption compared to other areas of financial services, certainly some other areas within um, outside of financial services, retail, for example, entertainment, for example, uh, but certainly catching up. There is a there's a great study that I recently read from Neverica. Um, uh, looking at 2022, which we're surprisingly, shockingly, really almost finished with, but um, more than uh, 90% of insurance companies they're looking at have been experimenting or investing in the cloud. So cloud services, and that's a wide variety, right? It doesn't mean that they're 100% in. Uh, it could be some experimental stages in there too, but 90% is quite a large number uh, in terms of cloud adoption. So it's at least at some level, insurers are doing so. Now, when we look at in insurance companies, I think that in the AWS terminology we use for cloud adoption on uh, enterprise transformation is in a project stage, just getting started, then the foundational stage, building out centers of excellence or skills within the organization too, and then moving to migration and then reinvention really is the, the top tier around that. And insurance companies tend to be somewhere in the middle, um, somewhere in life uh, and annuities companies benefits tend to be a little bit more on the early stage, property casualty a little bit more on the migration stage, but it really, it, it does depend. And, and I would say also that it tends to smaller carriers or perhaps uh, a little bit more in the experimental stage, they're just getting started too. But as that Neverica study showed across the board, there is, is widespread cloud adoption for a well, variety of reasons. That, yeah. That's, uh, you know, I mean, insurance companies and technology have always been laggards, right? I mean, we've, we've got a, a reputation for it. And the deeper you go into insurance, I mean, healthcare is kind of, you know, pacing property casualty, which is pacing life, which is pacing group. <laughs> right, exactly. Yes. Um, but it's good to hear that, uh, you know, we're not doing too bad here with the cloud. We, we maybe, uh, you know, changing our reputation slightly. <laughs> a little bit, yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And thank you all for listening. That was a great conversation. And Terry, thank you for being here. And stay tuned, everybody, for part two to hear more insights from Terry on the key drivers of cloud adoption for insurance and what's next for cloud computing companies. Thank you all.